Mets fans. Happy Monday, a special Monday edition of Orange and Blue Thing. I am Darren Mead, and that is Pete McCarthy. What's up, Pete? Fresh off the weekend, baby. Yeah, the horrible weekend. Not a good weekend, but, you know, a weekend. Not a good weekend for the Mets, at least. Hopefully, uh, did you actually hit uh, happy hour? We talked about maybe you're doing a little happy hour this past week. On Cinco de Mayo, no? Friday, yes. You did? I think Good. it was Friday. Yeah, yeah. We hit a happy hour recently. I don't remember what day it was. Everything's kind Everything's of blurred blur. together now, but yeah, we hit the happy hour one day last week, so that was nice. Yesterday, just kind of chilled out at home all day. It's rainy. It's crappy <sighs> out. You know, it's what it is. Yeah, it's it's. if you're not in New York, I was talking to someone today in California, lucky them, uh, it's been shitty here in New York. The Islanders are out of the playoffs. It rained every day in the past freaking month. The Mets got swept in Milwaukee. Yes. Even the Kentucky Derby was confusing. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Nothing I, could be easy anymore. If I had money, that I would have been pissed. <laughs> but um, Saturday night, I was in Brooklyn for an engagement party for Amanda and Andrew. Shouty to them, thinking I'm going to miss the entire Mets baseball game. I get home, the game is still on. <laughs> I go to bed at one in the morning, and then Amelia. Uh, bless her heart. She woke me up at 5 a.m. yesterday morning. So awesome. Sunday, Sunday was great. Lizzie, that's the voice in the back. We got Lizzie behind the scenes. Hey, y'all. Answering your calls <laughs> if you want to give us a shout. 631-388-5195. I still have to look at that on the wall. I don't have that memorized yet after two years of having a <laughs> phone number. But there's a lot of Mets fans actually out there in San Diego. So hopefully they're there to watch Jacob deGrom put the hammer down, get the Mets back on the winning track. It's been very disappointing except for actually Thursday was pretty disappointing too I mean uh Noah did his thing with the bat and the arm he was the reason why we yeah, won that, that was game. fun I like that if one. not for that we would have been looking down the barrel of uh four or five straight losses here well, so the offense is stunk of late they get back I mean seven it's runs in the last five games this horrible. month in May. Horrible. I mean, just brutal. Todd Frazier can't hit anything right now. Brandon Nimmo is slumping in a big way and and nobody's hot and remember in, uh, in April, we're talking about, oh, look at this team. They're going to the opposite field. They're putting the ball in play. They're doing these things. They're hitting for power at home. Where did that go? It's like all of that offense yeah. just completely disappeared. It's did been you see, rough. Um, did you see uh, Martino's tweet a couple days ago, maybe? Which one? <laughs> he wrote something uh, maybe like a week or two ago. He wrote, this team's legit. They're offensive, whatever. And then he quote tweeted himself. He said, "Who is this idiot? Feel free to unfollow him." <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> how quickly shit changed. Well, I mean, they I felt the same way. Well, yeah, they're scoring six, seven runs a game, and now they can't. You know, they can't put any on the board. It's like last year. They get off to a hot start, and then all of a sudden they settle into the team that you hope they're not, the team that they were last year, uh, and you know, was it last year they had the disastrous Mother's Day weekend in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And again, they go to Milwaukee, and it's not like they were outclassed in this series. They lost these three games by a total of, I think, four runs. But to have the offense disappear, and just, you know what it is? This team, for a year, a year plus now, has not been able to sync up. Hey, we're going to get a good pitching performance, and we're going to score four runs. Like, the pitching's either really good, and then they can't score, mm -hmm. or the offense is hitting, and the starting pitching stinks. Yeah, it's yeah. just amazing to me that they cannot figure this out in a way that allows them to win games. They're just good enough to lose, unfortunately. I wrote something on Twitter yesterday. I'd almost rather they get blown out than have these one-run losses or two-run two run losses. Or well, You don't like watching it over the course of five-plus hours? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm, I'm actually the last happy. Moment. I, it wasn't locked into that whole game. It was five-plus hours of watching baseball. Yeah. And I was actually saying to my wife after, Words. Imagine, um, actually fell asleep before the end of the game. I think it was yesterday morning. Imagine trying to f not fill the content because you're calling the game as well, but sitting there in the booth for five plus hours talking about baseball and then they lose and, you know, it is what it is. But it's a shame Keith Hernandez wasn't in the booth. Oh, my God. Oh, I love <laughs> Keith Hernandez in the long extra inning games. Todd Zeal's still a little green to be. Know, given the deep size yeah. and being visibly annoyed that the game is continuing and talking about the dinner reservations he'll have to cancel. Yeah. Uh, Keith would have been I'd gold love to on get that one. Smacked around and lose yeah. uh, in embarrassing fashion and to just lose by a run. But anyway, uh, let's crack open a cold one here. You are sticking again with what you love, the Henry Hops. Yeah, like I'm back Henry on the Hops. proper pint. Shout out to our friends at McKellar. I'm loving the proper pint. I'm glad we got more of those. Cheers. Cheers, bud. Happy Monday. <laughs> mm -mm -mm. That's a good Monday. So you usually have to wait till Thursday 
yeah. for this. Now I get to get the week started in high gear. Let's go. Well, speaking <laughs> of high gear, did you see that McKellar now delivers to Nassau County? So it's not just the five boroughs anymore. If you are going to take part in McKellar's awesome beer here delivery service and you don't live in the five boroughs, I don't think they actually delivered all five boroughs. I think it's four boroughs. I don't think they delivered to Staten Island for some reason. So if you don't live in, in uh, Staten Island and you live in Nassau County or anywhere in the four other boroughs, you can use the uh, Beer Here delivery service. Go to mckellarnyc.com, click on the little delivery button up top, scroll down to see all the different beers they have in stock for their delivery service. It is um, a special that they also extend to us, T7L20, 20% off your delivery. But I want to scroll back here, Pete, because I saw something here that you might want to take part in. You like brunch, Mm -hmm. and you like uh, happy hour. So I saw this for next weekend on the 19th. It says... Uh, you can order off the menu. There's uh, different options on the menu, but you also get unlimited beer for fifty dollars for five hours. So that's an incredible. That's a deal. really wow. bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea for the customer. A Holy bad idea for them whoa. because if the Mets go eighteen, you're ready. <laughs> yeah, but a five hour that's that's a great deal. Fifty bucks breakfast and unlimited beer. Yeah. Woo. Just gotta know how to pace yourself, Lizzie. Come on. Come on. I mean, screw that. If, yeah. if we're going for it, you yeah. go for it. You know. Exactly. Anyway, thanks to McKellar. <laughs> These beers are great. Um, you definitely needed it. Actually, you know what? It's one of those games in the 18 inning game. You could have, if you were at the game, those are one of the ones where by the time they cut you off, if you're smashed, you're so you're probably hungover before the game's oh, over. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can't stay for the whole game if you. If you go all in on those first, if they cut you off in the sixth or seventh, and you're like, "Man, I'm feeling a little toasty," and you actually sit there till the 18th, you're you're, you're sleeping, good to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 you're already sobered up. You can drive out of there. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, a lot of fans are out there. San Diego, I loved when we were out there. Lizzie did a lot more, lot more exploring than I did. We had Amelia with us. Lizzie always does a lot more. Yeah, exploring. you're right. We went to the San Diego <laughs> Zoo though. It was great. Um, I know a lot of fans that are actually out there. Tim Riley, who who works for the blog, but you know, that's a side hustle for him. He works for golf.com. He's out there scooping some type of stories. So he's out there. I saw I didn't know he was there until he put up the fo- the videos of what are the, the sea lions or something to hang out mm-hmm. near the, the piers? In the wharf, I the, think it's some, Fisherman's Wharf or yes, something. That's Great exactly area. What it is. And that's where you saw who after the game, who did you run up on? Syndergaard? No, no. What? I he was at a bar across the street, and you went across to talk to Syndergaard, right? Oh, the, the right? night after the game, yes. Yeah, and what did you say to him again? Do you remember? It was in the documentary. Yeah. What did um, you say? I went up to him, and I asked him. It was after the Bartolo Colon. Right. Ding. Home run. Um, I asked him. What the hell did I ask him? Something stupid, right? Just to like put just him on to, the like, spot. Just to start conversation, yeah. Oh, um, no, you asked him about uh, him hitting... Uh, if it was a big surprise that Bartolo hit a home run or something no, like that? No, what, like, he said that it was the best, damn it. The, oh, what, no. What's uh, better, seeing uh, Bigfoot big or <laughs> yeah. Bartolo hitting a, a home run? Yeah, and he said Bartolo. And he said Bartolo. It was a great time. I love I would take Bartolo over seeing a Bigfoot. I don't, I don't think I'm alone on that, right? No. I'd rather see Bartolo Colon in a home run. I imagine what Bigfoot looks like. It's better than what Bigfoot would actually look like. You couldn't imagine Bartolo hitting the home run, how much Ever. fun all of that would be, yeah. right? The, the em- empty dugout, the 40-second <laughs> romp around the bases. Like, yeah. you know, come on. Did that you, was definitely Did you happen classic. to catch Terry Collins on uh, Whip Around? I saw That's some what of his called, comments. That's what it's called, right? Whip Around? Yes. Yeah. On, uh, so he's with Kevin Burkhart, yeah. reunited at last. So I just saw one of the pieces where he's talking about the modern manager and how you walk in and, and the essentially lineup's the lineups on, on your desk and you're not getting in at 11 a.m. and looking at video all day. And I, I think it probably opens up uh, a little bit of an eye to what the last few years probably were like for Terry Collins as the manager of the Mets. I think that's pretty easy to infer based on what he said. Well, I saw on uh, – d- that back to jump to the 18-inning uh, game. Flexen did an all right job. I mean um, – I think he was getting squeezed. Well, he a little got bit. squeezed, but you know, like in the Travis Shaw at bat, Angel Hernandez squeezed. And I mean, at least two of those pitches were strikes. Whether you're looking at, you know, the MLB game day, like how I was taking in the game on the subway, trying to race home in time to catch the end, which I did not do, or you know, just seeing the eyeball test. And I saw it on the post game show on SNY, and and two of those at least were clearly strikes. But let's say walk somebody else in that inning and. He got himself in trouble. All of a sudden, it's bases loaded, and Ryan Braun, it's the the big single. So I'm not going to solely blame Angel Hernandez for that loss. Like, I think Robert Gesellman 
pitched great that night. Edwin Diaz did the job in a tie game that night after he had you know, blown tie games twice in the week leading up. Uh, so those were some positive things, but I'm, I'm not putting Chris Flexen on the short list of positives in that 18-inning loss. No, but I, I Tim think— Tim Peterson yesterday, that was a great coming up from yeah. Syracuse and throwing two and a third or whatever it was yesterday, scoreless, even though he pitched on Saturday night uh, somewhere down in the minor leagues. I don't know if it was at Syracuse. It was for Syracuse. But, you know, getting on a plane, going to Milwaukee, and then getting thrust into long relief duty because Jason Vargas gets hurt. Well, after we saw that uh, Vargas was pulled in the fourth and there was no— no indications that he was hurt. I mean, Twitter was was going crazy. I, you know, uh, I wrote some questionable things as well out there. Sure, on, sometimes on the Twitter, you just, but you don't know during the game. Right, right, right. Um, I said something like, "If he's not, what I compare it to? You ever sit in traffic on a highway and you're just like, yeah, you know, I really don't want anyone to be hurt here. I'm hoping for the best, but there better be an accident when I get up to the top of this to this uh, traffic here. I get that. So I was almost saying the same thing. He better he better be hurt because why else is he coming out of this game? Yeah. But let's go back to the umpiring. I don't feel like we should know umpires' names, and we only know Angel Hernandez's name because of how bad he is as an umpire. He's not the only one, but he tends to be a number one. It's not just that he doesn't always make the right calls. It's his attitude, relationships with players, managers. You- and Well, there was a lawsuit years ago, and I, I don't know all the details on that. Uh, but, you know, essentially he's been looked at as one of the worst umpires in the game for a long time. How do you keep your job? And he continues to be there. And they they have a union. I'm sure that plays a role in all of it. But for Angel Hernandez, I mean, every time he's a part of the game, you find out about it. I think that he likes the spotlight. Now, listen, in this case, it's the 18th thing. He's been calling balls and strikes for five-plus hours. If you lose the strike zone a little bit, um, I For another umpire, I would get it. But I think because it's so often Angel Hernandez we talk about after these kinds of games or scenarios or throwing a guy out of a game when it looked like he didn't have to do it, you know, he's he's not a good umpire. We all know that. I want to compare this a little bit to having a license, a driver's license. I, I, I say this often. Just because you passed your road test in 1950 doesn't mean you should be on the road in 2019. So same thing should apply for every job. If you start sucking at your job, there should Mm -hmm. be, even though there is a union, there should be some type of yearly evaluation where if you suck this many times or blow this many calls, there should be repercussions. If you're hurting the sport overall. And after a while, that becomes a question. When you go to a baseball game, you're not there to see the umpires. And when it's the same guys that... We're talking about the day after. Yeah, I, I certainly understand all that. I don't think anybody's going to cry if Angel Hernandez no longer umpiring games in, in Major League Baseball. So uh, considering, you know, constantly we end up talking about him, where he is, you know, C.B. Buckner for a long time, as well as someone who you know, had a tough time behind the plate. I uh, I get it. And, yeah, uh, they look at Major League Baseball. I can't tell you this. They grade all of these guys behind the plate every game. They send them a detailed report, all of the pitches they missed, all the pitches they hit. Now, what happens after that, I don't know. They get a grade. They might argue with it. They might like it, dislike it. It has some kind of effect on whether or not they'll be on a postseason crew. But beyond that, I'm not sure that there's much of a demerit if your grade keeps dropping and you're not doing a good enough job. Angel Hernandez has the uh, the PBA card in his wallet, I guess. He just <laughs> keeps getting away with it. So uh, if you are watching live and you see on this desk in front of us, we both have a copy here of Ballpark. It's what we're giving away today. Thanks to uh, Paul Goldberger, Ballpark, Baseball in the American City. We have two copies to give away. So if you're watching on Facebook, click the little share button. If you're watching on Twitter or Periscope, Click the little retweet button. If you're listening afterwards, you win nothing. But uh, there's a little incentive to start watching the live show because we give away stuff every week. So Ballpark, a Baseball in the American City, wherever books are sold, May 14th. Um, I didn't get a chance to look at it yet, but there's a lot of great accolades here on the back. Reviews from the likes of Bob Costas, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, just to name a few here. All about baseball in the city. So... Architecture-wise, things that may have changed the culture or the neighborhood, things that you know the, on the cover here is Wrigley. Clearly, Wrigley, the the uh, the neighborhood has changed drastically since this ballpark's been in existence. And, and now the ballpark too in recent years. Yeah, and just the changing of it. You know, a lot of people were kind of um, against that. I'm sure that a lot of Cubs fans who are purists and you know loved the way that it, that it used to be. They they were sad to see it change. But did you know that? Um, 
I kind of almost forgot about this till I was skimming through before. When the Mets were closing down Shea, do you remember? I think it was the West Side Highway or somewhere they were talking about adding, making a ballpark there. Do you remember well, that? Well, the Jets were interested in a football stadium. Is that stadium what it was during the Olympic the time? Si- on the West Side, yeah. So I guess, like, th- were the Mets supposed to move there as well? I don't remember. No, the Mets were always going to be in that city field area, or that area. City field. Yeah, I don't remember any other locations coming up unless it was years before. Um, but yeah, the, the West Side Stadium, that was a football stadium for the Jets, theoretically. Yeah, 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 yeah. It didn't come to pass. And now there's a whole new city <laughs> over where that stadium would have been yeah, at this yeah. point. So uh, Father's Day is coming up. Mother's Day is this weekend. Um, pick a copy up. Ballpark, Paul Goldberger. No, it's cool. Like, wherever I was, books are sold. I was just watching a game at Fenway the other day, and I haven't burrowed into the book yet, but I'm excited to. Like, you think about Fenway Park, how long that stadium has been there, and, you know, all. Now they have different standing room areas where you can hang out, where you go to the bar and, and this and that. That wasn't the case forever. They built all of that up over many, many years. And like Isaac, you know, that stadium's over 100 years old now. No, no, it's my phone. Don't worry about oh. it. My phone's buzzing. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So Fenway Park, you know, is over 100 years old. Like 100 years ago, how big was the stadium? Right, like what right. was the commitment to build a stadium that big? And how many people were really coming out? Like you might have that big holiday weekend, like Memorial Day, Labor Day, you get a bunch of people out to the ballpark. But like what it looked like on a Monday night back in 1920 yeah. and, you know, what inspired them to keep, you know, building things up and, and to take a stadium like Fenway and Wrigley to where it is now to, you know, some of the teams that moved out to the suburbs and then end up coming back to the yeah. cities in recent years. Like there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. So I'll, I'll be great. looking forward to checking it out. Me too. I'm going on an airplane in two days. And like I was talking to you about before uh, – before we went live here, I don't necessarily get to relax much on the plane when you bring a four-year-old on a plane with you. So I don't know if I'll have time to read it on the plane, but maybe I'll be able to uh, dive in a little bit by the pool. So again, ballpark retweet right now or share on Facebook if you want to get a copy for free. We got two to give away tonight. So um, speaking of ballparks, a little bit off topic here, besides your home parks, let's say City Field, Shea Stadium, uh, do you have a favorite that you visited on the fan level? Pittsburgh. Yeah? Yeah, PNC Park. I love Why? Pittsburgh. It is a gorgeous skyline view of Pittsburgh. You're there at night. The way that even the buildings are lit down. up, the way that the bridges, uh, you have the yellow, you, the yeah, bridges. It's like the, the buildings bridge. are kind of blue. It's just gorgeous there. And it's uh, you're on the river. It's tremendous views all the way around there in Pittsburgh. I, I always liked that park i always rooted for the pirates to like finally make the playoffs and have some history in there so there it was like they, some moments and yeah when they ago? when they did make the wild card game a few times that place was nuts yeah, yeah. And, and finally it's there is a passion for baseball in pittsburgh it's just kind of buried under years and years of losing they had 20 straight losing seasons so yeah i love pnc park it's my a number one wrigley is it's almost like a separate category to me wrigley and fenway they're just totally different experiences than anywhere else you could go uh, but if I could be anywhere in the world, I mean, sitting in the bleachers at Wrigley, that's yeah. a pretty damn good spot, right? Yeah, it used to be. Sore subject. It looks so. great in this photo. I'll never be back there. But um, 2015, we went to uh, PNC for our outing, and Amelia was like eight days old. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I had to go. So, Kelly and Amelia are home, and it was the first time she was home, you know, without me, after mm-hmm. the first week of her life. So, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, and at the time... I didn't realize, I thought I wasn't sleeping then when she was only like a week old. It got a lot worse, but I'm sharing a room with Shoemaker and he just wanted to rage. And I'm like, got a kid now. I'm going to head back to the room. I didn't really do anything on that trip, but whatever. It is what it is. Dad when, life. And then was, wasn't he like snoring so bad that you couldn't even sleep? So even Well, I, I know now to get like oh. the, in, like the uh, industrial strength. Yeah, like the strongest <laughs> earplugs you could possibly get if I ever have, ever have to share a room with Shoemaker. But um, anyway, back to the Mets talk. Uh, Mats, Mats, are you worried or what? Why did he pinch hit if his arm hurts and the Mets know that his arm hurts? Man, these guys aren't like all made of glass. Like I understand there's a track record with Mats, but it's his freaking elbow. What does that do with him hitting for half a minute? So he's got some nerve damage or nerve issue apparently, which is good news uh, according to the reports. You know, John Heyman, uh, you know, said the Mets were basically happy with this news that it's not the elbow and it's possibly only misses a start. But it's not great timing considering they just played this big extra inning game. 
Jason Vargas only gave him four. So you don't want to be missing a whole bunch of starts. Uh, and they got to get through this series, basically. Now, once they get through San Diego, they get Thursday off and they get next Monday off. So they can catch up a little bit pitching-wise. But it's uh, it's not ideal to have an 18-inning game. And then Vargas goes down the next day and Matz is down. And you know, you're trying to piece things together. And this is a team, as we've talked about ad nauseum this year, that doesn't have a whole lot of pitching depth. There's not a whole lot of guys to go to. We've seen Flexen. We've seen Corey Oswalt. That's who they have to throw in the rotation unless they make the big move and give Seth Lugo a shot, but that seems to be more of a long shot as time goes on, and they still don't do it. I like this tweet from uh, Jarrett Seidler. It said, so when the Mets passed on Geo because they didn't want to start him start him or give him a nominal amount of money, they knew that Mats was battling forearm problems. So, I mean, how many times has Brody said he wants to make the the 25 guys here better. And that's basically a way of saying it doesn't matter what happens on the roster. I'm not going outside. But today they did. And the Mets traded for Wilmer Font mm-hmm. from the Rays. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is this going to, is this a, is this a, uh, it's a depth arm with a little bit of upside where maybe help uh, turns himself into something. But he's you know, started a little bit. He's been a long reliever there in, in Tampa. ZRA is nothing impressive over the last couple of years. So I think. Yeah, it's proverbial, you know, throw a dart and see what happens. But they need depth. This is what we talked about. These are the kind of guys that they do, don't have. So they have to go to a more of a pitching-rich team, at least depth-wise, like Tampa. And, you know, they basically buy Wilmer Font. just cash considerations going the other way. And Wilmer Font, he's going to contribute. He's better probably, right, than Tim Peterson. We've seen enough of Oswalt and I think certainly Flexen at this point that you just want to try something else and see if it works out. So why not give Wilmer Font an opportunity? The reactions or the comments or the, the quote tweets to this move were great because everyone was using different font-related quips there. Yeah. Uh, that's a bold move is what Karig said. Uh, something about Havel- Give him Helvetica. Hel- yeah, Helvetica. <laughs> there was a lot of good ones in there. Um but I did see, I don't know who wrote it, but last year he had five starts with, with the Rays and he's sub sub two ERA. So, I mean, if they need to, let's say there is an issue more serious than we think with the nerve, nerve whatever with Mats or or the hamstring with Vargas, maybe they do throw him in, in the rotation. If well, right to. now, Mats and Vargas Lugo. aren't expected to miss a whole lot of time. Right. So I, I don't think we have to jump to that level of Wilmer Font is in the rotation. He is another one of that group you could throw Gagno in there, right, with Flexen and Oswalt and all these long relievers slash fill-in starting pitchers. Font just gets added to the pool. And at, at some point, somebody's going to have to come out of that pool and start games for the Mets. Somebody's going to get hurt. Something's going to happen. This is baseball. This is the way it goes. Whether it be Mads, whether it be Vargas, whether it's somebody not producing well enough gets hurt, you're going to have to go to your minor league depth eventually. This is now another person in that group Font, Gagno, Oswalt, whatever. And whoever gets hot starts pitching well at AAA, gets an opportunity at the big leagues, and maybe you can ride them for a month. That's, that's I think, what you're looking for from this group of player. And, you know, they, they needed another one of those guys. You're never going to get through with your 25-man roster that you have on opening day. It's not the way it works. And Brody Van Wagenen knows that and talked about it, but they didn't address it a whole lot in the offseason, at least not as far as the pitching goes. So when they do have these injuries, they don't have guys to go to. When it's an 18-inning game, it's Chris Flexen on the mound at the end. When it's the day after and Jason Vargas hurt, it's Tim Peterson and O'Rourke tr- pitching in a one-run game trying to keep things close. Yeah. Like. This is what happens over the course of a long season. There's a bunch of nonsense. Guys get hurt. You play 18-inning games. Unexpected things happen. And you better have some guys that could pitch afterwards. And more often than not, the Mets have struggled in those spots. So let's talk about AAA. Were you, were you surprised by the move on Friday to send Dom Smith up to Syracuse? I, I was surprised when I saw it. When you think about it, you go, all right, well, Dom gets at bats. So that's a plus. But it hurts a big league team. And I got to wonder how it affects the clubhouse because this is someone who, by all accounts, and I'm not in the clubhouse these days, but by all accounts had bought into his role 
You see him in the celebrations. He's the first one to high-five Pete Alonso. Uh, and these guys have been competing in what was once Dom Smith's job. Now belongs to Alonso, right? He's done all the right things. And now you're sending him down to the minors in part because Danny Echevarria has a clause in his contract that you know makes you end up uh, giving him the shot at this time. Now, you also have a Med Rosario struggling, and you don't have another shortstop on the roster until you call up Echevarria, so it gives you the ability to rest Rosario at some point, which they haven't done anyway. Um, but I, I, I would think of it from a clubhouse perspective. I wonder what the guys think about Dom going down. If they're happy, hey, he's getting at bats, or if they just look at it and say, hey, we're a worse team now. We could use his bat off the bench in a big spot in the eighth inning. He's their best left-handed bat off the bench on most days. So for a guy that actually was producing, though, and, and you know doing his part, like you said, clubhouse-wise, or yeah. even just coming off the bench, I mean, he was contributing. And I thought it's tough. You can only have one guy play first base, and obviously they're, they're putting all – putting almost all their eggs in one basket for Pete Alonso, deservingly so. I mean, uh, player of the month last last month, and, you know, he's doing all the right things. But I wrote on Twitter, I think it was yesterday morning, hard to remember a Mets player in recent memory who takes more shit than Dom Smith. It got a lot of reactions there. And uh, some people were replying Daniel Murphy. They think that Daniel Murphy was a close second for uh, taking a lot of shit from the team. Well, but I'll, I will say this about Dom, and I think this is a life lesson that people could take. When you get an opportunity you better make sure you give yourself the best possible chance to succeed. Because if Dom Smith is in better shape two years ago, yep. when he got the opportunity to play first base every day and he doesn't hit under 200, he's probably in a much different position than he is right now where he is doing the right things and he is producing. And you say, hey, that is a major league first baseman. But unfortunately, Pete Alonso comes along and you know Alonso has just grabbed that job. But I think, you know, for Dom Smith, he would have had more options if he had been in the right frame of mind, body, however you want to put it, more prepared when his opportunity came up a couple of years back because he did get a chance yeah, to yeah. be the everyday first baseman for they his did. Mets team they, for a year and a half. They did, for sure. Um, I should. I actually am a little embarrassed. I didn't do this sooner. I want to send all the positive vibes we have uh, to both Ron Darling and, and Ed Cranepool. The, the, the news actually came up just two minutes apart um, from what I saw on Twitter today. It was 1.58 p.m. that Art Shamsky put on Twitter. Let's all say a prayer f uh, for and send good wishes to Ed Cranepool, who is tomorrow finally getting his uh, kidney transplant. I know he was waiting a really long time for that. And then only two minutes later, Ron Darling put out a statement uh, about the removal of his mass and the doctor's um, found out that it, it is uh, thyroid cancer, but they say they are optimistic and it is uh, curable and treatable. So he hopes to be back in the broadcast booth within the next month or so. And, um, you know, some good news and some bad news. Some good news for for Ed, and and hopefully everything goes smoothly for him tomorrow. And um, and you hope it's good enough news for Ron as well. I think as soon as you hear cancer and thyroid cancer, obviously that's the negative part of it, but also the fact that they believe it to be treatable. I mean, you knew something was wrong when yeah. they were taking a a mass out of his chest last mm -hmm. month. So the fact that it is looked at to be treatable and there is a hope that he could be back in the booth as soon as a month from now. Uh, I think that, you know, being the optimist, yeah, uh, yeah. that that's what you focus on and, and hope the best for, for Ronnie. I mean, and obviously uh, for Cranepool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Geez, it's just, he's been, um, you know, trying to, to get this taken care of for so Years. long and asking Mets fans and, uh, you know, family and friends and, and all these people for to help to find, find that kidney yeah. and to, to get a match, to get a donor and to be in this situation, uh, you just feel great uh, for Ed Cranepool and um, very, very happy and, and, you know, certainly hoping for the best and a great outcome tomorrow. And, you know, he can, you know, get back to a, a more normal life, you know, as soon as uh, as soon as everything clicks in. You know? Yeah. And I, I'm sure I'm not the only armchair uh, doctor out there who hit uh, WebMD after hearing the thyroid uh, cancer news today. I, I Googled it and and something that, that came up was that uh, out of the different types of cancer. This is usually one of the more treatable ones, like 98% okay. um, survival rate and everything. So um, all the best out to Ron. I doubt he's watching, but all the best, Ron. And uh, we're all thinking of you. So uh, what did he say? He's going to kick its butt. What, he, what was his words again? Whatever he finds... 
He said something about kicking its butt on the first release, uh, press release, a couple weeks. Sure, he'll handle so it. I'm he's, sure he's got a beat on it. But uh, but yes, yeah, so, you know, I I think um, you know again, as scary as the cancer word always is, I, I think you have some good news on on two fronts here, hopefully, and and that's the way it. It continues. Yeah. So uh, give us a call. Chime in. 631-388-5195. Mets or whatever. Uh, contribute to the show. Whatever you want to chat about. If you're actually, if you're out there in, in uh, San Diego, Tim Riley's out there. I know uh, Marissa, who I don't know if she's from San Diego or she's just a Mets fan that that uh, happens to live out there. But I know there's they're, they're planning some type of big meetup. I think they do that every time they're, the Mets are out there in San Diego. So I think there's a big contingent of Mets fans out there tonight. It's going to be cool to hear them on the broadcast. Uh, our friend Ian Dropkin, who actually got engaged at our first ever outing. Yep. Now he's married. Now he's got a kid. He's got uh, two kids now. Two kids. I don't know what he's doing out there, but he's out there at the he's game. having a good time. Smart move. Yeah, San Diego. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be in. Uh, we get Saint like Lucia you know, in two days. Yeah, that's that's a smart move. Too. <laughs> I don't even know yeah. where it is. It's pretty temporary, you know. I don't know where it is, but I'm Go all going out. to St. Lucia. You can't point it on a map, huh? <laughs> Dan, no, I go, you I googled suck. it yesterday. I think it's It'd be even better when you come back it's and you south. still have no idea where on the map it is. <laughs> it's south. I don't know. It's next to Florida. I think. I don't know. I think it's in the Caribbean. You I don't know. Suck. I don't know. Can you just trade places with me and I'll just go <laughs> hang out with the girls? We'll we'll snap. We'll. Uh, not Snapchat. We'll Freaky live Friday. stream on uh, Wednesday morning. Oh, okay. Oh, you you're going to live stream in? Well, we got to talk vacation? to each other. There's yeah. only two employees oh, here. Okay. Uh, on my <laughs> phone call great. today that hey. I was talking to this guy from California, I was explaining to him the scope of what we do and, and this and that. And he's like, wow, that's that's impressive. Like, how many employees do you have? I was like, uh, two. It's me and, uh, me and Lizzie <laughs> and um, some part-timers and, you know. Some people that uh, that we pay to do, you know, like John O does the video work and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's stressful, Pete. It's stressful to leave every May, right when baseball starts. But uh, I really feel for it. But at least you we know, like at least you know it's in good hands, man. <laughs> yeah, we're good. That's right. Lizzie's got it all taken Lucky care of. You. You trust Lizzie a hundred percent? Yeah, I mean, I hope you so. just, he, just he's you just sit back and like knowing. <laughs> see, you're on the phone on vacation. Darren and how he's been his entire life, he doesn't trust many people. So like, <laughs> I I, no, I feel very honored. No, with your I, money and your business. Well, I, that's probably why I do like. I was talking to the guy on the phone today. I was like, I <laughs> even do like the product photos. I do the social media. I do like yeah. everything. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Not to turn this into the story about the uh, ins and outs of the seven line, but I was just <sighs> trying to give myself more credit. Oh so yeah, that's all I was doing. Yeah, no, it's it's a good time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a weird time to leave when we got a bunch of shit going on, especially right when baseball starts. But it is what it is. But it makes I for a Monday internet. show. I get a Monday beer in. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're doing the Monday show. Yeah. And speaking of Mondays, we were talking about this in the Romping car. Up. I made sure to uh, confirm with the only other employee here if Mondays work for Lizzie. <laughs> I think we're going to start doing Monday shows in the summer. What do you think? It's going to work? It's going to work? Sounds good to me. It's like a long weekend, you know? Yeah, so Go I think right uh, if you're listening afterwards, you're watching live now, we might switch... I think we, we were actually looking at the schedule today because uh, I was trying to give Pete a little heads up about the shows in June. Starting in July and, and, um, and August, the Mets are off every single Monday. So you might start doing Monday night shows. It also gives the fans that happen to listen to us afterwards as a podcast more time to consume the podcast because... Yeah, when we go right up to game time on Thursday, and then Friday, it's already people kind of check out. You know, a lot of people. You should see how many emails get bounced back on Fridays. People just don't work Fridays anymore, especially in the summer. Yeah, so I think we might switch to Mondays on on uh, in July and August. So I like that idea. If you guys were on the seat of your pants there, waiting for us to uh, drop you with the news of when we're going to be live in the summer, it's probably going to be Mondays. There's so, the big reveal. <laughs> Speaking of reveals, do you think that? Game of Thrones intended to reveal a Starbucks cup last night during that episode because it was everywhere this morning. Intentional or not? Intentional? I, I do think it's intentional. You have. I really want to talk about this, but I can't because the phone just rang. Right, well, we'll, we'll probably still be after. talking about it. So, you think about how much money is put into this show, how, how well done it's are been the over the years. Like, how many screw up accidents do you think that they truly have? So to me, they would have caught it in editing. They could have yeah. edited. They could have edited it out. I'm sure, like CGI'd it out, right? Like one way or the other. I'm sure. If even if they had to have that reaction shot from Khaleesi, they would have been able to get rid of the Starbucks cup. So the fact that it's in there, I I don't think is 
accidental. Well, that's millions and millions of dollars in yeah. marketing for Starbucks. Yeah. So it's I don't know how bucks. much it costs to make an episode of Game of Thrones. I think it's a lot. It's a, a lot. lot of watch. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff going I on. They spent a ton of money, especially on the battle episode that aired last week. I mean, they've spent a fortune on this show. So again, you have so many of the best people. You have all this money going into this production. I, I just don't think you have an accident like that. I uh, took a continuity class in college. I went to Nassau Community. I took a film class. And yeah, there's people who their only job is to check for this stuff. Um, do you ever hear the, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or just one of these. It wasn't obvious. So I'll give it that. Wasn't or I was? Didn't, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't notice, notice it. No. I didn't notice it until this morning. What, what do you think? Was it intentional? Intentional? Or not? Was it intentional to cut, keep the cup out there? Yeah, right? Uh, my initial reaction was like, oh, somebody fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my... So I guess not. I thought I thought maybe... Do you guys some, watch Friends? Somebody made a mistake. Do you watch Friends? or Not anymore. All right, yeah. well... It's not new anymore. This, well, gr- no. this girl, Rhea, that I follow, who works at Barstool, yeah. she, she was watching an episode of Friends, clearly on repeat. Uh, if you guys follow her or, or care about this, go look at her Twitter feed. There was a whoever the Lisa Kudrow character is and Jennifer Phoebe. Aniston. They're on a they're on a couch talking to each other. Yeah. And the angle changed, and you see the side of the girl who's supposed to be Jennifer Aniston was not Jennifer Aniston anymore. It was just huh. a fill in, but they screwed up. They didn't crop it right. That's anyway, funny. important question: Name the six friends. The I don't TV know show's name. You I'm not never Wilmer Flor- watched I was, the show. Friends? I was one of those guys where it's like it, it comes up often, or maybe not often anymore. I was such a Seinfeld. It's Seinfeld or Friends. Yeah, but they were on back to back. I didn't watch, watch both. I never watched Friends. Kelly, my wife Kelly, I loved Friends and wasn't really into Seinfeld. And I'm the complete opposite. I'm a Seinfeld guy. Keith said it wasn't intentional. Oh, I guess that there's a phone off the hook. Um, was not intentional. Yeah. Well, he doesn't work for them. He doesn't know. But I think I. You know, I think it definitely was, but what I was getting to before, Wizard of Oz. Did you ever hear about this in Wizard of Oz? Any, I don't know, no. No, nothing? No, nothing, nothing. Uh, I think you? I did, but I don't I can't remember. So supposedly of one head. of the actors when they were filming oh, hung themselves. Suicide. Yes, and I you're did. supposed to be able to see like a noose and a person hanging in the back of one of the scenes when they're walking down the yellow brick road. Yes. What? Yeah, you can you can Google, Google it. it. Google it. Now is that product placement or? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they were promoting on that one, but uh, something was going down. I, I was a, like, "What product are they uh, pitching in Wizard ropes, of Oz?" Ropes, I guess. I don't know. Got to eat your Ovaltine, you know. It's Christmas story. <laughs> they got that in, but that's part of the story. This was not last He's night. On the phone. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> All right, we got Keith calling from probably I don't know, What's maybe that? Queens. What's up, Keith? <laughs> Hello. Hey, what's going on? So, yeah, so they they totally messed that up. They didn't do it on purpose with the uh, Starbucks cup. Uh, how do you know? Um, just from being on the film, film, like all these shows I've worked on over the years, if they only got one shot out of it and they figured they, nobody would really catch it, they just let it go. I, you got to be kidding me, though. The amount of eyeballs that are on this show... Uh, you'd have to know that someone was going to catch it. If they saw that, they wouldn't have left it there. You could easily like like zoom in the clip or do something or CGI it out. CGI it out. I mean, yeah. they, the whole show. Somebody is, is... fucked up for sure. There's no way that they didn't realize that. I think it's on purpose. Now I didn't actually see. Is there the, the logo up front or is it turn around? Just go, go on Twitter and just type it's a, in it's Starbucks. A cup. It's... Let me ask you this, Keith: How many eyes do you think that would have to get past? in order to go out or do you just feel that they knew it but they're like hey you know what we need to have this reaction so screw it we'll just hope nobody notices they, it would have to go through the their um, editor uh-huh. post-production but a lot of times like they really don't care like working on gotham you would see uh, traffic cones where they shouldn't be in uh nypd cars when it should be gotham pd yeah, but Starbucks. I mean, this is it's it screams but the, even marketing. The setting of it, is, yeah. it sticks out like a raw thumb. But I didn't, I didn't notice it while I was watching last night. So, all right, yeah, Keith, they, they were, I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling you, in their minds, they just like were, hey, nobody will catch it. I'm telling you. All right, Keith, I appreciate your opinion here because I know you work on this shit, but I have absolutely <laughs> no agreement with you on this at all. <laughs> I think that Starbucks bucked up millions of dollars and said, you know what? We're going to be in one of the final episodes of Game of Thrones. Everyone's going to be talking about it on Monday. And, you and know, it, yep. they, they got what they paid Starbucks, for. Starbucks, Starbucks. I'll talk to you later, though, man. All right? Bye, Keith. Right, Thanks.
I appreciate yeah. Kate's perspective. But and, no way. But it also gives you an idea how many people has to get past, even after the fact. Forget about when they're actually recording. You have all the actresses there, cameras running, hey, action, and there's a coffee cup on the table. And there's a lot of people. There's that a lot of people. Screw that one up. Yeah. And there's a up. lot of people in that scene. Yeah. Well, the room's full. Full of people. Yeah. All right. Game of Thrones here on a Monday. <laughs> Uh, last night episode I don't was watch. really that good. was a rough weekend for the Mets. Well, you know what I wanted to catch up on <laughs> last night, and I and I I'm glad I wasn't the only one who had this problem. Kelly and I watched Survivor. Did you watch? Did I ask you if you ever watched? No, you said I've never watched something about Survivor. reality show. But Survivor, we it's our gu- guilty pleasure there. Um, I don't watch many things besides the Mets or Supercross. Well, but apparently, you don't know where the friends are. Well, yeah. I mean, Seinfeld, Somebody wrote all the names down on the comments. Se- Lisa well, Kudrow's character. I can tell jo- Phoebe. Monica, Joey, Chandler. Chandler don't help Ross. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. But anyway. I, I didn't to, know. I couldn't have answered that either. We wanted to watch Survivor You're last culturally night. Culturally relevant, even Sorry. if you didn't watch Sorry. the show. Anyway. Catch Survivor. up on Survivor. Mm-hmm. We go. To, I don't know if this, is, this has ever happened to you guys. We go to play the episode. We press play. We get nestled in there in the bed. The music comes on, the picture comes on, and it's only the audio track. There's no vocals at all, at all. So you hear like the dramatic music of like, let's go to this challenge or whatever, and you see the people talking, and there's no sound at all. So I go, I uh, wrote a tweet about it today. Survivor somehow screwed up where no one had audio. So if you DV, if you DVR'd Survivor <laughs> on the East Coast last Wednesday and you went to go watch the episode afterwards, you could see the picture, you can hear the music, but you had no vocals on the on the episode at For all. For how long? The whole episode. An hour. This is strictly the on-demand? On de- it was like okay. the DVR. So now they put it up for free or whatever See, that's a big website. deal, though, because to me, it's like, oh, a live television. I think never we screw up that. here. And it's like, oh, well, it's the DVR <laughs> recording. Oh but, you know, that's how so many people take things in. Whoever screwed that up yeah, got a pair cool. of right. concrete shoes and got thrown off a ferry somewhere in the East River. Because <laughs> you cannot screw that up on Survivor. I mean, here, this little internet it's show. It's live? Survivor's live. It's not live. It's, oh, they tape like a year in advance. Oh, okay. But okay, it's okay. on every Wednesday. It's I a didn't big show. It was like a live it's event. Like Thirty seasons thing. long. Well, well, it's live on Wednesday, I presume, well, and then you could watch live. it on demand afterwards. It's well, a it airs show. Yeah, but it air, well, okay, but it it airs. Yes. It airs new on Wednesday, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you could watch it on demand. After that point. Man. It's like saying Seinfeld's live when it Woo. came out at 8 o'clock on a Thursday back in 1990. It wasn't live. I <laughs> filmed it six months prior. Our definitions have changed a little bit now. I want to be on Survivor. But, uh, so, so you want to do rough and rowdy boxing. Survivor. That I'm definitely doing. Let, let's say if the, you had to do one reality show, what would you want to be a part of? I tried out for... Real world. I was just about to say. Really? I was like, rephrase that question. I was a VJ. Dan, you know, Darren. Was a VJ? Darren has tried. A <laughs> I was a VJ on uh, MTV for two days in 2000, 2000. What went right or wrong? It was a show. A short stint. It was a show called VJ for a day. So oh, okay. it was a game show. So getting two days is pretty good. Then you had to win three. They fucked me. Uh. So <laughs> if you win, if you keep winning, they had to hire you. So they rigged it. This was like before the internet. You had to call up to vote. I've talked about this on the show like two years ago for any old-timer uh, OABT fans listening or watching. So I would have been a VJ, but uh, it gets to the final voting. It's like the third round of voting right before the show turns off. It was the show right before TRL. I lost, but I would have been a VJ. So, so you um, tried out for Real World too, though? I sent the tape. They never called me. Um, Can I ask what was on that tape? I worked. I was a. I'm picturing like an always sunny Mac extravaganza tape where there's uh, fireworks and fire and you. On I a wish bike. I had a copy. I don't know, but it's. Uh, you probably do. No, I don't have a copy of that. Really? It was before the internet, so you had to t- mail them the tape. So uh, I was working as a launch boat driver. If you don't know what that means, um, it's oh, a dock a in dock. Douglaston where there's no slips. So the people who have boats there, they're out on on moorings out on on anchors so to get a ride they need a ride on a ferry boat like a small boat which i had a coast guard license to drive this boat so i think i like did the tape at work like i was talking like oh, i drive a boat and i do this and like live in queens but i drive a boat for some reason as a job and um i didn't get called but anyway survivor if i do that though then lizzie's running the whole operation here by herself because you can't have the internet on an island somewhere during Survivor. There you go. So you do That's trust true. Lizzie. That answers the question from but earlier. But when completely. I finally do make my tape for Survivor, I'm going to make sure I tell them if you want to hire me for the show, I has to be during the winter because I, I can't leave <laughs> in like July to be on Survivor. 
right? Rebecca Graziano said, Darren's life is so amazing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I don't know. It's been well, fun. Well, you, you actually, since you're going to the Caribbean <laughs> should start it it tomorrow? this week, you should use this as a trial <laughs> run for Survivor and just, you know, don't bring anything down there. Forgo the hotel. You know, allow your family to stay Kelly there, but you will live on the beach him. and do your own thing. Make your own clothes. Do what you have to do. Hey, that'd be great. I mean, you know what it is, Start too? Start hunting like, Kermit crabs. The the no food thing, I'll be great at. Like, I skip meals, like, all the time. Every day. So, like, I'll eat. Everybody has a limit, though. You got to eat eventually. But these people, like, I got to eat, like... I got to eat every four hours. I don't know what it is. I'll eat like a hard boiled egg at like 730 and then I'll have like dinner at nine o'clock when I get home from the show. Like I don't really eat that much. So I think the the food aspect of Survivor, we're totally off the rails here, but food (laughs) aspect of Survivor will be uh, pretty good. But anyway. Is Survivor your number one? Is that the reality show you would want to be on if you could be on? Now. Now as a almost 39 year old man. But back then I definitely wanted to be on uh, I definitely want to be on the real world. That would I be remember fun. when we hung out one day, you're like, oh, I just sent in my video for real world auditions. And we I was like, of a, course you did. We filmed, <laughs> a, we filmed a pilot, which was insane to be. We actually tried. Uh, we made a pilot to be a reality show for Hunter Mountain, which I, I'm surprised I never saw the light of day because it was it, incredible. It was. I used to bartend up there and uh, I, I shouldn't say the film crew, but a very vi- big company. Not like Bun and Murray, not um, not 495 who did Jersey Shore for MTV, but it was something to that to that scope, like pretty big, big, uh, big time company. They came up and filmed us over the span of two weekends when I was bartending at the bar, and we had a share house with a bunch of maniacs. This pilot, I was shocked that no one bought it, and if they did, my whole life would have been different because that was the first winter of the Seven Line. So it was like right after 2009 winter, and we probably wouldn't be talking to each other right now if that had happened, because my life would have taken an extremely different path. But what would be your character archetype on a real world slash like that ski show? I don't know. Back then, this is years ago too. That winter, were you like the drama maker person no. in all yeah. of these groups? But that, but that winter, drink, what would be your? At the bar, my job was to hang out. I didn't even bartend. The last year I worked there, they gave me a check to do absolutely nothing but show up, like get people from the lodge to come hang out at the bar, uh, find like groups of girls and give them like a bottle of what it was insane. I don't even know how they made any <laughs> money by having me on the payroll, but I worked there just to have fun. I was like party patrol. It was it was insane. Um, anyway, give us a call if you want to chat about the Mets or whatever. We're clearly not even talking about the Mets right now. 631-388-5195. It's a little Monday. Mets just got swept. They're out in San Diego. Jacob DeGrom is on the hill tonight. And Mr. April himself, Mr. Pete Alonzo, has a little challenge there from Chris Paddock, who is a little salty that he was not the NL Player of the Month for April. Yeah, his Paddock's quote, I'm coming for him. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out Monday who the top dog is. Well, in about That's th- a real quote. In about three hours from now, I would love for Pete Alonzo to uh, take him deep. That would be incredible. Why does this stuff keep happening to the Mets I think this it's great. year? It's right? Great. It's like Jesse Winker starting all this stuff, and now you got Chris Bat- uh, Paddock calling out Alonzo because he didn't win Rookie of the Month in the National <laughs> League for April. I mean, who cares? What I, that, what, rookie of the Month is cool, but I want to be Rookie of the Year. I'm like, all right, dude. It's yeah, not okay. Even, well, that's I, I prefer yet. that sentiment, but like you, you're – Gunning for this guy because he won Rookie of the Month. I mean, if Chris Paddock has a nice ten-year career, he'll be embarrassed that he cared about uh, this kind of uh, award here. But yeah, but he's actually been tremendous yeah. this year. So it is going to be quite the challenge for a Mets team, as we've talked about, that has not hit a lick of late. And uh, first inning will be you know must see TV on both sides of the inning because Degrom. I don't know where Machado uh, hits in the order there, but maybe he'll be, maybe hits cleanup. I don't know, but yeah, it's going to be a good game tonight if you could stay awake for it. I used to love these West Coast games, and now that I have to wake up at five six a.m., you know sometimes she lets us sleep till six thirty seven. Uh, but on most cases, I'm up super early, and I used to love. The West Coast games, and now I'm kind of struggling just to see first pitch. See, but. I feed the baby on the late shift. I'm up till like 2 a.m. every night. So Your hours I'm are always, crazy, though. I'm always watching the West Coast games, so I love that the Mets are out there. It's be great. Your hours are insane. I don't know how you do the schedule you do because you'll do like an overnight at the fan, and then you know you do have a kid at home, so you got to do what you got to do. You have blackout shades. Coffee's you, a good thing, and I do a blackout shades. Yeah, you know, you, you get you get what you can. Sleep on the train, whatever it might be. Hey, somebody call in to call me out. Is that uh, oh, is, is it that personal? What's happening here? 
No, no, no. They oh, were talking okay. about the Alonzo quote. Calling Chris out, Pete, about rookie. I don't know what that means. Oh, trying. Chris calling out Pete. I got gotcha, you. Oh, gotcha. see, gotcha. you know, I don't like having a Pete on the Mets. It makes everything very confusing <laughs> for me because I keep thinking everyone's saying, you know, and they're like, let's go, Pete. I'm like, you know, I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> And it's all about Alonzo, and now he's like, you know, the Pete of the Mets. I'm not used to having a lot of Pete's around. Like, usually I kind of own the whole Pete thing. Like, I don't know a ton of Darren's, right? Yeah. If there's a Darren on the team all of a sudden that takes it over, it just gets confusing. Yeah. Or a Lizzie, you know, all these things. Yeah. yeah I would have liked it more when I was a kid and had yeah, a Pete to true. look up to. Now I got this, you know, Pete confusing me where I see a note that says, Chris calling out Pete about rookie. I'm like, oh, somebody's calling in to call me out about something I said. I'm, like, I'm ready. Let's go. So the Mets, uh, after this, they actually have to go back to the West Coast at the end of this month, which kind of stinks. Um, but they do have six games over the next couple of weeks against the Marlins. So considering all that's been going on lately, this is the time where you got to put your foot down and put your foot on their neck and take six against. I'll these say this guys. about the, where the Mets are right now. They are uh, now two games under five hundred. You look at the division. The Phillies are playing good baseball. They're in first place. They're three and a half games ahead of the Mets right now. The Mets have issues in their rotation. They're not hitting at the moment. The defense is deplorable. So. In my opinion, I think this Mets team is good enough to make the playoffs. I still believe that. But this is a pivotal time. Because remember, last year at this time is where everything went to hell in a handbasket. So you have to buck up. They have to buck up right now in a way that they never were able to do last season. So this is a huge test. And remember, if they struggle going into, let's say, June 1st, Mickey Calloway is going to be hearing all of those rumors and his job's going to be on the line. You're going to be hearing about Jim Riggleman. So if you want to avoid all that drama and all that nonsense, this is a pivotal time for this Mets team. I understand it's May, but considering the way things went wrong last year and what is going wrong right now, again, I think they'll hit. I think the offense will come around. But some of these injuries and the lack of depth in the rotation and the pitching staff overall, that has me very worried right now. So this is a, a critical time for them to figure it out and find a way to win some games. Because they were in these games all weekend, as we talked about. I mean, they lost three games by a total of four runs. Yeah. So you got to win some of these games. You can't just lose close and be like, well, we're right there. We just got to – come on. We saw it all last year when the offense stunk. The pitching was really good. When the pitching was really good, the offense stunk, and they never put it together. they got to put some things together here. Soon. Absolutely. So uh, we are going to get to what's in the box presented by our friends at Lumberland in a little bit. So whoever calls next will be put through to talk with us and win some free stuff. But tomorrow... If you have uh, the reminder circled on your calendar, we have a whole bunch of stuff going up on thesevline.com. That is tomorrow at 10 a.m. So if you're listening to this afterwards, some of this stuff may be sold out. But if not, definitely set yourself up with a reminder. We have one, two, three, four, eight hats going up, two pins, a crew neck sweatshirt, a bunch of tank tops, a bunch of T-shirts. And uh, next, you need that new wardrobe. It's gonna warm up eventually. Yeah, look I at think, Pete. Right? Look how good Pete looks tonight. Oh yeah. Oh look at that. This is, it's so soft too. It's very very comfortable. Nineteen eighty nineteen sixty nine world champion crew neck there. So now I gotta get the shirt, the sleeveless stuff, and you know really get summer going you know? <laughs> i haven't been able to hit the gym as much as i might like lately well so good maybe thing we have the pull-up bar weeks. here you know yeah i gotta hit that pull-up bar a little more the pop a shot in the back and you know that works the uh the tries and the buys a little bit too but yeah uh you need that you need to get the summer stuff coming eventually i think you're gonna need it soon i mean dude like let's get to at 80 degrees i want we, that 80 degree beautiful day i'm more 70 and sunny May. let's go 70 and sunny is perfect i don't care to oh, i'm to like swim 95 ever again humid really oh yeah that's disgusting yeah it is disgusting but i love it i just <laughs> sweat i don't care I, that's my favorite i don't want anything cold anymore when i was a kid favorite scene was the winter i love the snow now get me the hell out of that like give me 95 degrees just nasty humid i'm happy well I hope, hopefully you have a good air conditioning in the apartment see the, i don't uh, like it but my wife she really? doesn't like the heat even though she's from florida so you know we, i end up in an air conditioned i used world. to love the snow and now that i don't own a snow blower and i have a driveway <laughs> i fucking hate the snow because i have to shovel it it changes real fast depending on your responsibilities yeah and breaking my back over here so uh 
And now it's time for everybody's favorite game. What's in the box? Presented by Lumberland.com. All right, That's great. And we got I'm pumped. Peter. Let's go. And we got Peter from Whitestone. What's up, Peter? Another Pete. You have no idea how happy I am. I'm playing. What's the box? <laughs> is it, is this a dream come true for you, Pete? Or is it Peter? Yeah. And, huh? Is it Pete or Peter? What do you want to go by? Peter, Peter, just like Pete Alonzo. All right like there. That. All right there, Peter. Uh, you got one, two. Alonzo goes by Pete now. Yeah. One, two, three, yeah. or four for the free Lumberland Bat Mug. What do you got? Because I have hope in BVW still, I'm going to go with number four for Jed Lowry. Jed Lowry? And it's another mug. Another no bat. way. This is like, what is this, six this weeks This is quite, straight? quite the streak. Nicely um, done. You gotta be kidding me. I, I got a, I actually got a, a, a mug. You got yeah, a mug. It was a mug. Oh, you got a really cool mug. Oh, it's signed oh, by all of the 2019 New York Mets. And we were teasing a Danny Echevarria being on here before. Now he's a real Met, so it's even better now. That's awesome. All right, I'm Pete. I'm actually shocked right now. I'm so happy. Well done. All right, Pete. Thank so, you. So we got your info, right? We'll send this out to you tomorrow, okay? Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Peter. You're all welcome. Right, Thank you, Liz. You have a great night. You're welcome. Nice job. We just gotta get Bye-bye. Hector Santiago up, and we're all we're all clear here. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. All right. So shout out to our friends at Lumberland. Lumberland.com. They make great gifts for yourself or your loved one. We got Mother's Day coming up this weekend. We got Father's Day coming up next month. Lumberland.com. A lot of great options there on the website. They have the license with MLBPA, so you can get your favorite uh, player or the full roster on the mug there. And uh, they make great gifts. So that's so cool. And that's a good one, right? Because it's blue and orange too. The the one we gave out a couple of weeks ago was also it was a little bit more. Look at this. More like sport. The oh, other one oh. was more like classy. I think I'd say right. One or the other. Like this is more yeah, like a sporty yeah, yeah. blue and orange. No, one this was, I, you know I like this one because it's more Mets. That's it's true. More Mets than the other one is. Yeah, I the like other that one. one too. So look at this. You get the the skyline logo. You got all the signs. Oh, Travis Darno, single uh, tier. But you have <laughs> all. We didn't this. talk about Darno. Yeah, now with the Dodgers, he just showed up in the clubhouse, and boom, now he's going to be playing the role that the Mets had talked about using him with as an infielder slash outfielder as well as catcher. But yeah, check it out. Wait, is it you the drink infield? In, drink it out. Boop boop boop. Just first, right? Uh, I don't know how many positions they're going to have him play, but he's going to be like a utility type of player who can also catch, which is always, to me, huh? not always, but when the Mets brought him back last year, I think that was the role that made the most sense because then you can – all these teams, they all talk about versatility. They all want guys who play 15 different positions. This is someone who could be a second or third catcher and also play some other spots for you in theory. Uh, I know we only saw him in the infield that one game where they're hiding him and moving his Jubal Cabrera yeah, yeah, back and yeah. forth. But at this point in his career, you got to think Travis Darno is open to doing whatever he can to continue his career at the big league level and play. So I'll be I'll be very curious. Let's put it this way: to see exactly how the Dodgers utilize him and how he does in some of these defensive spots. But the Dodgers, I mean, they've been one of the smarter teams as far as this goes over the years. They. Basically, have two lineups. They have like the right-handed lineup, the left-handed lineup. They're playing guys at three different positions in the same game. They'll find a way. Well, definitely, all the best to Travis. Yes. Uh, he guy. put up a very classy post on Instagram a couple days ago. He's always been above and beyond for us, and um, we can't thank him enough for how cool he was with the Seven Line Army and and just Mets fans in general. He always went the extra mile, and we definitely thank him for that. And hopefully, he. Uh, Gets back on the right track there in L.A. And all the best to him. That's his hometown team. So he's, he's yeah, back that's home. That's true. Yeah. Back to Cali. Um, it's a long time met, too. Yeah, very long. So uh, I forgot to, to talk about the promo code. Lumberland.com, OAB OABT for 15% off anything you see on their site. I still cannot believe that every single week somebody wins a mug. They have a 50-50 chance, and it's like six weeks straight now that someone has won a mug. Uh, we are going to get to our giveaway here. Today we are giving away... Two copies of Paul Goldberger's book, Ballpark Baseball in the American City, wherever books are sold on the 14th of May. Uh, Lizzie is going to get to the share on Facebook first, and then I will get to the Twitter. So, Lizzie, let me know when you're ready, and I'm I will. Just finishing uploading. I started a few seconds before. Tell you when to stop. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this book's awesome. I'm going to read a little paragraph here before we sign this thing off to give you guys a little better idea about the book. 
Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. Wait. Tell me. Tell me when to stop. Uh, stop. Uh, Lisa Mary Ruopolo, I think. Sorry if I jacked that Congrats, up. Congrats, Lisa. <laughs> you're the Lisa, winner. Lisa, you're the winner of the book. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. All right. And then, uh, Lizzie, you tell me when. And stop. All right. Uh, at Pope F35, Christopher Pope, you win. We need your address to win this free book. Nice job, Chris. All right, cool. So, uh, Chris and Lisa, getting it done. What does Books. it say here? Uh, Pulitzer Prize winning architectural critic turns his attention to America's baseball's parks. In this exhilarating and splendidly illustrated new volume, a remarkable tour through the vibrant and ever-changing ballparks where the game was and still is staged. Look so, at these pictures, full color. Look at that. Man, this is, uh, this is nice. That's awesome. So um, did we hit everything here? New products tomorrow. Yeah, they Ballpark get San Diego tonight. Free. We got uh, Alonzo versus Paddock. One. Paddock's coming for you, Pete. <laughs> Are you ready? Pete's going yard. Pete is absolutely going yard tonight. I feel it. Someone catch it. Hopefully it's a Mets fan. Uh, next week, we are back to our regularly scheduled time. I screwed up last week. I said two weeks from then we would be at uh, McKellar. It's actually two weeks from today. So two weeks from today, the 23rd, if you guys want to come hang out with us, we're going to hit the day game against That's the Nationals. That's on a Monday? I thought it was a Thursday. It's Thursday. Oh, shit. It's not two weeks from today. It's, it's Monday. <laughs> yeah, look at that, Pete. You're, you're, you're a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, two weeks from this Thursday, we, we will be out at McKellar. We are going to the game prior. It's the uh, the day game against the Nationals. And then afterwards, we're going to be doing the broadcast from the brewery. So come and hang out. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, that's it. Shout out to Lumberland. Thanks to McKellar for the brewskis. And let's get you to the train because you got to go home. <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. Have See a good one. See you next Thursday. See you next week. Bye.